0: Hey, this is Rocas Gustiz.
1: At the right block, dribbles with the left hand, now the skyhook misses, on the putback, and it's good. Gustis has his very first career double-double. Rokas Gustis with yet another double-double, 17 points, 16 rebounds. Recorded live from Hofstra University, it is the Hofstra University quarter, third frame here. Of the journey that has been Rokas Gusti's for the last six years, we've already spoken about his time in Lithuania. We went to Virginia through Oak Hill, and now it's time to be on Hempstead Turnpike, the Big Apple, to get ready for the next four years that would end up shaping the six-nine center's life. Center or forward? What would you prefer to be called?
0: Uh, I would say forward. I feel like I'm. A you want pre- to be more versatile? I feel like I'm a pretty good passer, you know, and you know, it's just became a better shooter every day, so. I will go with the forward. <laughs> all right.
1: If you don't know, that's Rokas Gusties. I'm Dan Savarino. Thanks so much for joining us throughout the first two, and which we hope uh, you all really enjoyed. There was some really deep stuff, and those first two quarters uh, that we spoke about, just the time of coming over to America as a, you know, a young child of growing up in Lithuania and stuff with your family. Um, I, this is, I have to say, and I, of course we brought this up to start off this, the second quarter with this rock, but. You know, this is some really open, honest stuff that I, I it's touching. It's touching to hear you actually open up about this. And I know it's n- has not been easy for you.
0: You know, uh, I'm not that type of person who's going to go and cry and tell people all my, you know, what's going on in my life. I'm just rather, you know, holding myself and figure it out on my own. So I felt like that was, that's good what we're doing right now. Just show my other side, you know, showing the side that not a lot of people know, not a lot of people get to know. So I feel like just open up and showing other people that you can go through tough times and get to good times, you know, so I feel like this all just hopefully going to get to other people's heads and like saying, hey, it's nothing bad going through tough times, but it's all about when you reach the good times and cherish that moment and be positive, you know, like mom, every single morning I wake up and I say like, hey, I'm going to be positive, you know, no matter what happens, you know, if I don't have a job yet or On an offer or you know i don't shoot well or i don't play well basketball today i'm still gonna stay positive and move on and have another day you know that's why we have 24 hours a day you know and just keep getting better and improving
1: well in the four years at Hofstra let's throw out some numbers here before we get into how this all came all-time leading rebounder 1,305 rebounds points more than 1,100 points Top twenty-five in the school record book, at least in terms of points. Forty-eight double doubles, a bunch of twenty-twenties, which is of course a remarkable feat to, you know, pull off numerous times which you did. It was a fun four years for you here. Definitely ups and downs throughout the four years, but a fun four years that it's hard to kind of define what it has been unless we start from the very beginning. You brought it up before the last recruiting trip everyone from boston college ends up losing their job so you have one more trip you decide to go to hofstra and see what new york is all about it's you and your mom
0: exactly i mean i just visited new york literally a couple months before i get that offer get the the chance to go come back and, and do it so i call my mom the conversation goes like this hey mom you miss America yet? And she's like, yeah, I thought it was a great time when I went to, you know, U- UAB visit. And I was like, what about we get some coffee in New York this upcoming weekend? And she was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, I think you're coming on another trip. She gets excited. She calls a job and she tells that she got to have to take a couple extra days. And we make that trip happen, you know. And next thing happens, I call my long lost uncle who lives in Canada, Montreal. I didn't tell that to my mom. I didn't tell that to my brother. It was literally everything on me. I call my uncle and I say, "Hey, this is the deal. You haven't seen your sister in 17 or 18 plus years. I think we gotta make this happen. You know, make her happy. Happy. And you got I know you guys don't talk. I know a lot of things were going on back and forth. Don't get into details, but we gotta make this happen. We gotta bring it back together. You know, it's a great chance for you. It's a seven-hour bus ride. For her, it's a eight-hour flight. Let's surprise her with it." Let's make it happen. Let's... Have you ever spoken
1: to him prior to that?
0: Yeah, I did. Like, I actually visited him. So we were kind of in good shape. But, you know, it was just a lost connection and a long time ago between my, my, my mom and him. You know, it was nothing wrong, nothing bad. It was just a lost communication, miscommunication, and kind of long window of not talking to each other. It mm-hmm. just kind of was really weird because it was no, like, angry people at each other or anything like that. So I felt like, hey... Let's make this happen. Let's, you know, get this family together. Family is just a big thing. My mom is lonely in Lithuania. Let's, you know, let's let's help her to find other ways to cherish her life, you know, and have every day. So we set up the, the bus ride for him for seven hours. He's going to drive from Montreal to New York for my visit. And then my mom's going to come in. And so funny thing is he gets to the city first. He goes to the airport. Uh, I fly in a couple hours later and then my mom flies in. So all of a sudden i told my mom that someone special is going to wait you in the airport something is going to happen she didn't know what to expect how to react and we all go into Hofstra, Right, my uncle my mom and I. I i wish i could bring my brother too but it was just a different different uh situation for my brother but on that note like i said my uncle gets there first he goes to the airport to meet my mom coaches are there coaches are meeting with me my uncle is meeting my mom I wish, to be honest, I wish I saw that moment when they meet, met each other after 18 plus years not seeing each other, you know, because my uncle left Lithuania so early and my mom was always in Lithuania. So what I hear the story is that it was a great moment, you know, a lot of tears, a lot of joyful tears. And, you know, it made this weekend special, not just because I'm coming to New York for a visit, for a college visit. It was just a family bonding, and I'm glad the coaches made that happen and helped me to get this planned and to get his all us together you know as a family and it was a huge thing for my mother so from there we all met we took a car back we drove to the campus we looked around we saw a new brand facility just starting building you know it was just literally a project and it was a
1: pra- uh, practice facility <laughs> right
0: Yeah, so it wasn't, like, nothing done. We were, like, walking around and literally just visualizing, like, what is going to be like, how it's going to look like, what is the future is. Like, we got new transfers. They're going to sit down. Literally just talking about those simple things that make it, like, you know, not simple things happen, you know. So, great weekend. Really enjoyed New York. Went to the city. Went to Empire State Building, you know, family bonding. It's, it's, It's unbelievable, you know. It's hard to believe that I made that happen and the coaches and... Everyone else made that happen for me to to be able to bring my uncle and to bring my my mom, you know. So on that note, we all leave. My mom goes back to Lithuania. My uncle backs to Canada. I'm going back to school to get my exams and finish school. And I told him uh, in two weeks I'll have an answer. So two weeks pass. Go talk to my head coach from uh, Oak Hill Academy, Coach Smith, and say, like, hey, Coach, what do you think? And he was like, Rock, all I can tell you, trust your gut. And I was like, sure it is call my coach, call Coach Mahali, call Coach Shane Nichols, and say, like, I'm in. I see the vision. I see what we where we can get to. You know, like, at that moment, I saw how, how many great players are there, transfers, like Wayne Amin and Brian and everybody else. You know, like, I saw just the vision, like, Dion and Musa, like, the vision where we can get if I go there. So that was basically a motivation, you know, not looking like all four years. I was looking at the one year at the time, but at the same time, like, okay, four years. I can get it done academically too. So that was a big part. And my mom really liked it. My uncle really liked it. And also I didn't have to be a translator for a whole weekend so I could enjoy New York by myself. So my uncle did that. So basically that's the reason I brought him to New York. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so everybody really liked it. Everybody thought that would be a great academic school. Like, I can live in New York, you know, be so close to home and fly home pretty often. And I did that two times in four years at Hofstra. (laughs) But uh, my mom actually came to visit me a lot a bunch of times. My brother were here at least twice a year. So I feel like it made it easier for me to come visit. And it was awesome. Great experience that I decided to go to Hofstra and everything – Started that summer, you know, I was a s- Hofstra student since since the summer started, you know, it took so, some credits, to, took the took the, another step, you know, coming from Oak Hill, coming to Hofstra, you know, having thoughts in my mind that I'm better because I'm choosing to go to mid-major instead of high-major offers I had, other options. I always thought I was better, you know, no disrespect to other players, but it's just because I played with such a great competition every single day, it just made me confident and even like some coaches still call me like, "Hey, Rock, you were ar- arrogant when you came in." I was like, "I wasn't arrogant. I was just very comfortable and thought I was really good at that moment." Maybe that seemed made me seem like I was arrogant, but they don't call me arrogant anymore. So <laughs> I kind of became humble from being here. But yeah, that's that's my that was my first experience on Hofstra campus. Uh, I loved it. I fell in love, and I love still till day now till till nowadays. You know, it's was great story behind all that coming to visit and signing with Hofstra and coming to Hofstra in the summer and then starting my career here. The
1: the trip with your mom and I, you've always spoken about the trip with your mom and, and something that's been documented in local newspapers and a lot of people's stories and broadcasts and etc but to have your uncle there who you have not seen and how the coaching staff and the university treated all of you was that the thing that put you over the edge? I mean
0: it was basically just a visit between my mom and I, you know, like have to cover all that costs and stuff like this. My uncle did everything from his own pocket. So it was, uh, it was just an idea, but we're so close together, like so close to next to each other. He's in Montreal. We're going to be in New York. Let's make it happen. You know, like, let's put some effort in to make it happen. And of course, you know, he came. So another set of eyes, another set of ears, you know, like. He listened to all the things, and he he wasn't the guy who was telling me, like, what to do, but he was the guy who was helping my mom to understand what I'm going to get from Hofstra and what, how they're going to treat me and how the family is going to be, like, everything like that. So it was kind of was more pushing my mom, and, of course, my mom was pushing me. So mm-hmm. it kind of everything added up that, at the end of the day, my uncle was the set of ears instead of eyes, but my mom was the last voice in my head saying, like, okay, I like it here, so... Yeah, he was a huge part. Maybe if he wasn't there, maybe it would have been a different story.
1: Well, freshman year, obviously difficult for anybody in their first season. New team once again, you already mentioned uh a little arrogant to an extent, but to come into a situation where you literally had, you know, three, four players who well, three players who sat out an entire season together. So they had a close bond and two of them who played in the team prior to that, and Wani uh Green to me and Tanksley when they opened Niagara before they transferred, but to have all those guys who already had relationships and you're the new face and you maybe have that pressure coming from the big-time school uh, at Oak Hill. How did that affect you in your first couple of months of the season?
0: I mean, yeah, as soon as I committed to Hofstra, you know, New York Post calls me, Newsday calls me, you know, like, it was crazy. I was like, wow, like, okay, Hofstra's mid-major, but the news outlets like this treating like they're high major and getting a recruit, like, player from Oak Hill, I'm not going to just say Rokas Gusti, you know, it sounds like uh, it's a big name, but so getting a
1: player, goodness,
0: (laughs) getting a player from Oak Hill Academy where, you know, like the most of them are pros and most of them are going high major. It was a big deal here at Hofstra. And, uh, you know, since.
1: And also during a transition in the program too.
0: Yeah. You know, like I saw that picture, they won 10 games, you know, I watched the tape before and I see what kind of basketball style they play. And, how they like to run up and down stuff. So I, I saw the vision. I saw like, yeah, we can be good. You know, adding those players with the coaching staff with you know Speedy Claxton, who's a big name here. You know, like you can go outside or go to the bathroom and see Speedy Claxon's picture hanging everywhere. You know, so you knew the culture was there. It was just not the right coach at the moment who got fired, and Coach mahalla got hired, and new AD coming in. You know, being able to speak with him for. 30 plus minutes on a visit, you know, kind of made me different, you know, and being in Nike school, you know, like I've been Nike since day one, you know, I was a Nike guy, you you barely will see me wearing anything else besides Nike. Is that right or wrong? Uh,
1: That's right. Well, that or Gucci, (laughs) but I don't think Gucci's going to sponsor basketball. Yeah,
0: but uh, people know I'm I'm a Nike guy. I played national team was Nike. Uh, AU team was Nike. O'Kill was Nike Jordan. That's even better. But saying that, I always wanted to go to Nike school. Wanted to wear Nike uh, shoes, Nike stuff. I didn't want to. You know, it's no disrespect to other brands. It's just saying like I felt more, most comfortable. You know, and you know how is do is that I-
1: a big thing in all of basketball, or is that just a big thing maybe in Europe?
0: Uh, I feel like that kind of is big deal in NCAA right now. I feel like the players will program these plays. Before going to college, I feel like they have a huge effect, and not trying to get into details, but usually you see Adidas kids go to Adidas schools and Nike kids go to Nike school, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't one of those because I never get... It's
1: something that kind of goes unnoticed in the recruiting process, that you Mm -hmm. actually brought light to me when you were here, and I never realized that.
0: Yeah, I mean that was plenty of articles. It's basically the same like argument, like, "Hey, uh, should college athletes get paid?" Stuff like this, but you know, never-ending argument that we'll never know the real answer. So, but yeah, for me, it was a big, big part that I don't have to play it under my armor shoes or anything like this. That you know seems not very comfortable.
1: So now, opening night comes around. You're in a Hofstra uniform, wearing that blue and gold. Like, what are the feelings going through your mind now? This is the team I'm playing for for the next four years.
0: A lot of mixed feelings because even coming before the first game moment and excitement, I had to go through a tough preseason, official practicing and workouts, which led me to a tough injury that I had to handle with because of overworking and over practicing. You know, I was really hungry. I was really wanted to improve. I was really putting a lot of extra work and didn't take much rest. and going through other things i have never been through like college classes or study hall or you know just student life you know it was, was really hard and i had really hard practices i also went extra find a trainer to work out and all of a sudden i tear my groin you know and i was keep battling and fighting and going through you know mentally really hard you know i wasn't ready physically i wasn't 100 i was just pushing through and i wasn't even helping me because i was just keep making myself worse and worse and worse and then you know one of the our big players goes down in the first night and i have no other option but besides just keep fighting and play through injury that's why you know in the first night i go there for 10 minutes i grab 10 rebounds you know i don't play much I uh, got to be rested we got to make sure we win the game Next game we're going to NC State, you know, I got to play because I'm going to have to play against two players. I played I I, play, uh, I played together in, in high school, so I don't want to sit down that game. You know, playing NC State at NC State, that's what a game to remember, you know, like just experience. And we're in a game the whole time. I play injury, couldn't do couldn't do a spin move. I got to make sure I wrap my groin, I make sure I warm up. And, you know, it was just not right. You know, it's kind of unfair to me and unfair to my teammates that I couldn't put all 100% into a, that time because i was injury, you know and that happened because i had a really stupid mind at thinking like oh yeah and the more work i put the less rest i get the get the better i get uh, the better i will get afterwards but that's not how it works you know so I had to fight with it for a couple of games until i got shut down for eight games i missed eight games my my freshman year
1: essentially the entire non-conference schedule too
0: pretty much yeah end up not playing in non-conference and it was kind of hard being a a freshman being a guy who's coming from a powerhouse like oak hill being a guy who was going to be able to help team to win games and i couldn't you know just watching from the sideline was really really painful and hard for me you know because i made some bad decisions on overworking and not treating or not stretching and doing the not the right thing so so just looking from that perspective, took him eight games off, starting the conference schedule, it wasn't still not, my, not myself, wasn't enough because it's a tear growing, you know, like things like this doesn't heal very fast. So basically going through my freshman year was just battling with the injury, battling with the tough times and just learning, the, learning the culture, learning traveling, learning coaching staff, my teammates, and learning myself, you know, like, it was a lot of hard moments, a lot of hard times, but I had a lot of people around myself, who really helped me and support me and told me not to, you know, give up and just, you know, fight through battle, tough battle and try to get healthy and be ready for your sophomore year. And I ended up having five points and five rebounds a game in 15 minutes, I will guess. I don't really can remember that much, but still had a solid year, you know, like, I basically always tell people that my numbers and everything else came in literally in three years because think about if I was healthy my freshman year and I was able to go 100%, I probably would have been freshman of the year or been in top and could have helped my team win more than 20 games, you know, and 20 games are pretty impressive, but winning a couple more just because I was there and helping my teammates probably been even better. So. But, you know, you live and you learn, you know, even from injuries. I learned a lot and I learned how to treat my body. I learn how to deal with it and how to stretch, how to see trainer how to how to you know ice it and do all those things so kind of maybe it was a wake-up call for me maybe what that was uh, a guy upstairs literally saying stop being arrogant stop being thinking that you're way better than everybody else and you know wake up and be smart about everything and put the right things and the right things in the right mind and that's why I became so positive and thinking if I'm not doing something right and something's not going right the right way like I once that means i don't really deserve it so that was a definitely a big learning experience
1: and you always mentioned that of course the arrogance there and you know getting to your head and the pressure but was there more pressure on yourself that i need to get back uh i need to be part of this team that could actually do something because there's some good players on this team mm-hmm. you know i'm the one who came over from you know the school Blah 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 do you start getting more angry at yourself that you're not able to step on the court and do something
0: definitely you know just watching from the silence is really tough not even practicing and like, you're
1: going on the trips too
0: yeah you go on the trips you literally sit on the sand line and you see all your friends all the people you know from other teams and they keep asking like what's going on how long you're out and it's like day to day and stuff like this one day you feel better one day you feel worse just going through that was really hard but it just built me as a person i am right now and i feel like you know without those tough times i wouldn't be where i am right now and helped me you know, in some different ways, helped me, like I said, to treat my body better. And also, you know, I, I, I can't really relay really on other people besides myself of doing all those little things in detail. So, of course, it was frustrating not playing and not helping them, but I learned. That's why bad freshman year or not as good freshman year as expected as I wanted to because I really thought I'm going to come in and do well right away. Didn't really did it but I feel like they helped me to explode my sophomore year like it actually happened
1: when you're going into your sophomore year was the approach different for you I know the approach was different for the team that was coming off a a season I guess I don't want to say a disappointment but one that everyone you know you you play a double overtime game and, and lose a real heartbreaker to the next season all eyes on you all eyes on this team all eyes on you know, Wanye and Amin and Brian and you and everyone else, uh, is your approach different going into that next season now that you understand your body more and what it takes to be a college athlete?
0: Of course, you know, second year is always an easy anywhere I'll go. First year, in like Oak Hill wasn't as easy like I expected. Second year also was way better. So I feel like anywhere you'll go, you have those first year, you know, hiccups, you know, and you're gonna figure out you're gonna feel the system you're gonna see the scheduling you're gonna see the roster you're gonna get to know your friends better so of course my sophomore year summer was great I'm working out I'm getting in shape getting the away room, doing all those little things and see what happens I haven't missed a game in must during my sophomore year campaign so I'm really happy about it and you know teammates were positive everybody won three twenty three games I think uh, you know like have a solid year and I finish as we wanted you know I'm approaching myself as the, one of the best players in the league, one of the best players on the team, a leader role and you know leading almost leading the whole entire country in rebounds. I was second behind another Lithuanian player who was had a great year. So it was great experience, you know, like I said people were next to me helping me and making sure I can be the best I can and then coaches knew how 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 good I can be, so they always supported me and always knew and wanted me to do well and I was able to do that my sophomore year.
1: You look at your numbers sophomore year, by the way, and they were ridiculous. 13.5 um, points per game. Uh, just about 13 rebounds per game. The conference numbers, and I know you, you don't want to brag too much about yourself here, but you, your conference numbers... You can. Go ahead. You, you can brag me about okay. me. Yeah, like, I don't want to, you know, just... A little more than 16 points per game and 15 rebounds per contest and 18... CAA games alone, which also got you first team honors that year in the Colonial and defensive, uh, all defensive team honors that season as well. What was going on? Uh, y- I mean, you were just going off left and right. Plus, I think you had two twenty and twenty games uh, during that. Back span, to right? back,
0: back to back. You know, I'm, I hope, uh, wished that we won the first game, but the second game we actually first one was the GMU.
1: GMU. One was North was a Eastern Northeastern game. No, first one was JMU. Second one was the Northeastern at Northeastern. Which you guys overtime?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, like people say like, yeah, I got some extra time there, you know, and both games going over but It doesn't but matter. Doesn't matter, same. you know. I was I was rolling, I was I was in such a peace with my mental. You know, I was so still and so calm and like all those things is just like helped me. The chemistry of the team, you know, we're winning games, we're having fun, we are scoring a lot of points, having players like or Ramin you know I mean, or Brian or Denton, you know, who's was our guy, you know. It was amazing. Going to Virgin Islands and playing there, I felt like Belda's character for us, you know, beating Florida State in the first game and then, you know, playing against South Carolina, like, toe-to-toe. So, just playing those games and being a part of something special about what we were cooking that year, like, I feel like that's a great word to use. Like, we are literally cooking something great. Like, you know, I, I know at the end wasn't as expected and we all wanted to do what better, win and go to the dance, but that team alone was just so much fun to be around just you know like the best words about it and like still talk to players from there you know still touch bases with guys and see how they doing and you know like it was such a special team and I feel like we had a special year with a lot of excitement a lot of fun and I'll give all credit to Wani you know he made everybody else better and counting myself you know having those numbers in conference play I, I was like literally going metallic in every single game like hey no one's gonna stop me I'm gonna if you try and to stop me, I'm going to go through, you know, like, there's no chance for me to, for you to stop me. You can box me out. You can do whatever you want, but I'm rolling, you know, like now I'm going. So, so that was definitely a mentality. I was going, that was going through my mind at that moment. So, and I feel like I was like, so, so disappointed in my freshman year. I knew I can do so much better. I know I can explode and, Showed who, who the Roku's Goose is really is. Not even just in high school basketball, but also in college basketball. And I I got people to, to, to know me, you know. Like, people, like, say, oh, he's a rebounding machine. Rock solid and all those other words, you know. Like, it was crazy how other, like, different outlets will call me and say, like, hey, like, what's going on? Creating a, like, article saying rock solid or rebounding machine or, Nobody else done it in college basketball in so many, so many years, you know, getting 20 rebounds a game. And, you know, it, it it was crazy. It was so much fun. It was so much entertainment. You know, going to class and people, like, follow up on the games. It was just – didn't feel like
1: a superstar. It I was, also gave life back to the university.
0: Yeah, I feel like everybody was excited at that moment. Coming to the games, I feel like they had the most crowd since Charles Jenkins' times and, you know, giving out shirts and stuff like this and people staying after the game asking to take – it was just – you also
1: had your own little fan base that came with the Lithuanian flag. Oh, yeah. Those were your guys. That was
0: awesome. You know, having that support was awesome. But I just felt like the campus was so, like, engaged and so excited to come watch us and, you know, like, just, you know, stop us during the day before between classes and say, like, hey, guys, like, I saw the game. Great job. You know, you guys are going to win and go to the dance. But that was the, the biggest part about our all success, you know, other people being happy about it. So... Overall, really enjoyed my sophomore year. It was the best basketball I ever played. Most excitement. And hopefully, uh, I wish that ended up better when it actually did.
1: Well, your junior year comes around, and now you're losing you know, probably the best passer in the league at that time and 1A and Green, maybe one of the better passers you played with. Uh, was it difficult to transition into your junior and senior years now when you lost? Guys like Green and Tanksley and Bernardi, and now it's pretty much just you, of the big returning starter.
0: Yeah, you know, coming into coming into my junior year was really, I don't say easy, but I feel like we we're all motivated. Different team, different ro- roster, roster, different goals. Our uh, main goal was going back to the tournament and you know going back to the finals and winning it all, but that didn't happen. You know, maybe. He's, we didn't get the pieces we needed, you know, but it was definitely a good season for other guys and it wasn't a great season for me. I was really disappointed. I was really unhappy with myself. Again, injury comes back around because, you know, maybe too much stress, too much losing, too, too much down on myself, down on other people. But it was definitely the hardest year I have ever faced in the United States so far my junior year. Just so so much negativity, so much hate, so much... You know people jealous around you so much you know people wanting to do, do not well and you know like that really messed me up and really messed me up in my mind and yep. the one person that was there for me you know after bad games after bad practices you know bad class or anything something like that was uh my ex-girlfriend who who was there you know was just trying to cheer me up trying to make me positive trying to say like hey like you know you've been through a lot and you've been uh you know, you're looking at your past, like you, you walked over those obstacles, you know, and you can do it now again, and just stay positive, just put all your work in, and just, you know, move on, and I really listened to her, and I thought I was really happy and really blessed to have a person who was my best friend, who was my, you know, person to go to, so.
1: And for a long period of time in college.
0: Yeah, she was, she was there, she saw good and bad, and we both went through a lot of things and you know i'm glad i had a chance i met her and uh we have a great time and hopefully now when we're not together anymore hopefully she she will do well in her life and i'll do well in mine so that was my junior year which was really really challenging but
1: i learned a lot and i moved on and transitioned to my senior year senior year let's wrap things up here at hofstra university um a season that was much different than the others a little bit more positivity coming into it and now you knew this was your last shot to try and make an impression not just for a, a scout possibly for the NBA but for any professional team that would look at you from here on out
0: you see my my mentality was going through my senior year I was like it's my last go time you know it's my last chance my last chance to show myself like what kind of leader I am what kind of captain I was and uh how I want to lead this, you know, bunch of guys to the championship to, you know, succeed and to play well. And, you know, what role I want to take and how I want to, like, kind of, like, open up the doors for myself after college career, you know. It was, it was a tough year. Also, you know, like, I'm coming off from great season and going to my junior year, not so good season. But I'm still, like, on a on a edge to break a lot of records, you know. So it's kind of like it wasn't much pressure, but it was also, like, Hey, I'm gonna have to get it to the thousand points, to the thousand rebounds. Not a lot of people do that all, often. You know, it was just like so many things to do, and I was like kind of like battling between my ears, saying like, okay, what I'm gonna do first? Maybe points, maybe rebounds. I w- I was never a statistical guy, but people would come and say like stuff like this. Hey, get thousand rebounds, break that record, break that record, and then everything. You know, it's hard to to hide that I had a chance to break some all-time records and bunch of games and of course I'm gonna remember what game and when I broke those records so senior year was really full of excitement you know winning games winning 19 games winning uh breaking the records and scoring points and having fun again you know like yeah we didn't it didn't go as well as was planned you know we'll go to Canada we have a great chemistry bond trip and I think we get to know each other better and uh see what each individual can do what he can bring to the table and starting uh, off well and, you know, don't go to the slump and, you know, playing some great competition, going to Charleston Classic, playing some top 25 teams like Clemson or Charleston or Clemson or Auburn or any other team, you know, and it's just like beating Dayton, you know, like powerful teams and I feel like it was a great experience playing on ESPN, playing in those tournaments and giving everything you got and uh, I feel like, you know again going back to being top 3 in the country in the rebounds and being solid you know being bringing every night and averaging a double double I feel like I was kind of feeling myself again but still missing the piece because you know maybe Wani was such a big part you know that made a lot of difference for me or you know other as any other player who did that too so it's just you know you'll was way more positive season and way so much better and it was just so hard to to lose that game and not know that i'm not gonna be able to wear half the jersey again in a game or you know not be able to be coached with those guys as coaching staff or not being being able to play at half shireen anymore you know even if you don't get enough people to come watch or support but the mac and rock the mac and rock yeah but that one thing that really got stuck in my head after the last game, you know, if you lose a game in the playoffs. You shouldn't be losing the game. You're one one game away from breaking a CAA David Robinson's record. You know, it's a lot of a lot of thoughts going to your head. You like, you kind of want to cry. You kind of want to be upset. You kind of want to be angry. You know, like a lot of those emotions going on at once. And our assistant coach says, "Thanks, Rock. Thanks for taking the. You're taking." Take, Thanks for taking thanks for giving us a shot, you know, as Hofstra University that, you know, you were a high major player who had a bunch of different other offers. thanks for giving us a shot and to be a better team, to be able to win games and come in here to Hofstra, spend four years here and be able to make us a winning program again, change the culture. So that's probably definitely gonna stuck for in inside of my head and inside of my thoughts after the last game that the guy literally took five minutes off the team and the coaching staff meeting to say that to me. That really meant for me a lot. And I don't know, since since then, and changed a lot for me, you know, just thinking like, yeah, I really did that, you know, like I came here. I changed the program. I almost averaged 20 wins a game. You know, I break some records. I put my name out there. Hopefully my jersey gets retired someday. That'll be great, awesome. You know, if I have kids, bringing kids here and showing that, hey. Which number gets retired? <laughs>
1: if, you, if you had to pick one. Both, can, Both. this Both. is not a definite thing that's anything happening like that, but if you had to have one Both. <laughs> no, the just four 11? no, four and eleven. No four slash eleven. I'll keep
0: three? that to the jour buoy number four. <laughs> but uh I wanna be remembered as number eleven because of my sophomore year and because I was a part of changing culture, you know, coming coming here, I, they only won 10, 10 games before I got here, then we win twenty, then we win twenty four, then we win sixteen, and then we'll go back to nineteen, you know, changing culture. I just wanna be a part of it that, may, we made Hofstra basketball proud and community proud again of us, like Speedy Claxton did back in the day or Charles Jenkins did back in the day. So I want to be like the one, like okay, Roca's Gooses did come here and change the change the culture and change some things and made it happen. You know, so we didn't make it at the dance. We didn't go dancing like everybody else goes and goes crazy about it, but. We went to some good tournaments, we win some games, and we played on national TV, and we represented this university well. So that's what I'm proud of. And I'm really happy to have a chance to come to Hofstra and give everything I got, you know, have fun and leave this place with two degrees and great memories.
1: The rebounding record, I know, 10 shy. Right, of breaking it. Nine shy. I, I, you can already see your face. You're angry about this. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I'm not trying to get you angry, but uh, ten shy. Nine, nine from tying it from a guy who was a great basketball player in David Robinson. And a Hall of mi- Famer. Hall of Famer, yes. And you missed a bunch of games your freshman year. You missed more games your junior year. Even if you, you know, you would have gotten that probably pretty easily. Does that ever bother you a little bit? Just to have an extra little accolade? Because also, this is a pretty big number, too. I know, all right, I'm cutting you off with this. You are, since 1996, only one of three players to average top five in rebounding for three consecutive seasons. That is a ridiculous feat to accomplish.
0: Hey, that's what I like to do, you know, that's what coaches like to do, to see from the player, like I am, you know, just hustling, playing hard, going after a rebound, and of course our style of tempo helped me a lot to get those extra rebounds because of shooting a lot of threes and stuff like that, but... I don't get mad. I just don't lay in bed and think about, like, what if I break the record or or not? You know, I just get mad when people like you just bring him up and just say that. It's my job (laughs) right now. Give me
1: a break. Oh, come on. It's my job.
0: No, it actually would have been really cool, but... I never
1: brought this up to you ever prior to today.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's it's not about breaking records. Like, yeah, it's cool to have your name up there and stuff like this, but it's not all about that. It's all about memories made. You know, it was really good to get 20 and 20 and then 20 and 20 and then you know score thousand points it's just memories you know like i'm not gonna get a trophy because I had, like second place in all-time rebound. you know it's just i feel like the memories made in here in past four years no nothing nothing is gonna beat even that i was nine rebounds short from the hall of famer in 20 15 years the uh, nba player david
1: robinson you it know it's just
0: it's great like hopefully i'll see one day and uh, i'll make a joke that i left him uh i let him have the first place
1: Memories. That is the best answer you could possibly give. Did you learn that from your PR classes? Yeah, I actually took some
0: class on that, so I feel like I'm getting more comfortable of presenting my thoughts well.
1: Well, it's a heck of an answer, anyway. All right. Well, this is gonna wrap up the third quarter, and third quarter has been our longest quarter thus far. But what's coming up next for us? Preview. Let's talk
0: about my process going to be.
1: Trust pro-
0: it. Trust. Yeah, we gotta trust the process. But let's talk about it. That that's tough, you know. When it comes to my name, Rock, I don't think that tough tough things don't come with it. You know, like I always have to deal with tough things to make it happen. So not a surprise that I had to deal with some tough times during uh, post-college, pre-draft, and go on.
1: Well, we already heard some of the tough times. What made you as strong and stronger maybe than a Rock from quarter number one, quarter two. And that will wrap up the third frame well, fourth quarter upcoming in our next episode make sure you stay tuned we'll go through the professional scouting process maybe getting some draft looks or some draft stock in the tough parts of really competing with some of the best that you will see maybe since Oak Hill right next to you time and time again many thanks of course to everyone involved for Broca's Goosties Again, this is his show I'm Dan Savarino <laughs> we will catch you in the fourth quarter. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Host University, Oak Hill Academy, or the employers of Robus Gusti and Dan Saverino.